You are listening to the award-winning, leading children's gardening educator, Lee Connolly, the Skinning Gardener and my daddy. As a parent, I know it can be challenging to resist the law of technology and the never-ending stream of notifications that come with it. But it's important to remember that our children crave our attention and presence more than any device ever could. One way to combat the distraction of technology is to set aside dedicated time each day to be fully present with your children. This could mean turning off the phone during meal times, taking a walk together without any devices, or just getting outside gardening, away from social media. Another helpful strategy is to limit your own screen time and model healthy digital habits for your children. By setting boundaries around your technology use, you'll not only be present with your children, but you'll also be teaching them the importance of balance and self-care. Remember, the moments we share with our children are fleeting, and it's up to us to make the most of them. By prioritising presence over technology, we can strengthen our relationships with our children and create lasting memories that will stay with us for years to come. So if you're with family or friends right now, turn off this podcast, put down the phone, and go and create some real memories. For everyone else, welcome to the Teacher Parent Garden Club. Yes, oh yes, oh yes. Welcome everyone to the Teacher Parent Garden Club and just call me Lord Connolly for now on as I, I don't think it works like that, but I headed yesterday to the House of Lords and what an incredible experience. I was there with Tajan Hayden-Smith and also Lily Matthews from the YPHA, uh, got there in the end, uh, the, the Young People's Cultural Association and uh what it was amazing right we were questioned on young people and diversifying horticulture and well instead of the usual stuff we put on the podcast today i thought i would show you my best bits because it's all about me uh on there but i and honestly believe that it was a rip roaring success because all three of us when questioned it all come back down to what i wanted to talk about is education, getting uh, gardening into primary school curriculum. And it was an absolute treat. And uh, and yeah, honestly, what a day. What a, what a place, what a day, um, what an experience. I must say, and you know me very well probably by now if you've been listening for a bit, I was quite nervous. I got there quite early at 8 in the morning, <laughs> sure, and uh, I sat just just enjoying the uh, surroundings, really. And I was like, quite a little bit, um, I was a little bit worried. Turns out I didn't need to be. Turns out I didn't need to be. We actually rocked it. I, I, you know, there's not many things I come away thinking that was brilliant. But actually, all three of us uh, did fantastic. I, I will add a few little bits from Tajan and Lily into this as well. Because um, they were a massive part of pushing that. But pff, it is all about me, guys. You know, you know, you know. Um, so instead of the usual stuff, here are some of the clips from yesterday at the House of Lords. 
Um, well, good morning and thank you very much for coming uh, today. I think we met a couple of you at the, um, or oh, in Islington a while back, um, but it's great that you can actually join us in the House of Lords. Um, so what I would ask is, uh, <coughs> if I uh, can ask the qu first question, but if you could just say who you are and what your experience in gardening is. Um, and the question is, uh, why should young people get involved in gardening and horticulture? Uh, Lily, could we start with you? Yes, thank you for the question and thank you for this opportunity as well. Um, so my name's Lily Matthews. I um, have worked throughout all different parts of horticulture. I've worked in viticulture, um, fresh produce, um, but, and also cut flowers, but my main focus has been ornamentals. Um, I'm here representing the Young People in Horticulture Association. The reasons that we asked our members for, what are the top reasons that you work in horticulture? And they came back with three answers, people, plants, and environment. Um, but actually, we also had two other answers, which were mental well-being and mental health. And if you combine those, they far surpassed every other answer. So that, from our point of view, that's why people should be working um, and getting involved in gardening and horticulture. Thank you, Tasha. Hello, yeah, my name is Tayshan Hayden-Smith and I'm born and raised in North Kensington, Labrick Grove and um, the reason why I'm here today is, um, and, t and in the horticultural industry, is um, when the Grenfell Tower fire happened, um, so I live just beneath Grenfell Tower, um, I took to the streets to seek solace, to, to, to seek understanding um, and in frustration, anger and sadness and um, people uh, were obviously very sad and angry and um, side by side with, with one another uh, we expressed ourselves creatively. Some people chose to do art. Um, I stumbled across this barren, derelict bit of um, land, a raised bed owned by the council, which was unloved and um, yeah, just didn't look like something that um, I felt proud of. So I started to do a bit of litter picking and um, uh, that slowly turned into uh, turning it into a beautiful garden. Uh, and so we planted seeds of hope um, post Grenfell through Gorilla Gardening. Uh, my name's Lee Connolly, um, also known as a skinny jean gardener, uh, mainly because I wear skinny jeans. Uh, but uh, I am a, a Blue Peter gardener uh, and a children's gardening author, a designer, speaker, presenter. And over the last 10 years of being in this industry, I have become the lead and children's gardening educator within the UK. Um, and most recently, I founded School Garden Success in the last two years, which is getting into primary schools and teaching children how to grow their own food, how to look after wildlife, and most importantly, supporting primary school teachers to actually make this happen, because that is where the biggest, uh, the biggest um, missing piece is, where the teachers get support for it. But out of everything that I've done in the last 10 years, uh, my biggest achievement and what I, what I I'm so proud of is that I'm a father to my daughter Olive who is eight now and I always look at her as my inspiration for thinking about what children will learn and how they're going to grow up in the future our future generation and I want her to become a gardener just like all of us sitting here but also all of her class as well and all of her school so we have a healthy generation that know how to grow their own food um, but why should young people get involved in gardening. For me, within school, it's five reasons. Firstly, physical health, um, with young people taking more responsibility for their, their health, their diet, by growing their own food, because if they get to see that tiny seeds, 
turn into an actual plant. They're actually going to eat it and be more involved in it. Uh, secondly is mental health, which I think Lily touched on, uh, where like, there's a strong correlation, correlation between happiness and that feeling connected to the natural world, which is, is really important. Uh, thirdly, it builds social skills, which is something that I only started gardening 10 years ago when I was 24. And if I had gardening when I was younger, I would have been more sociable and I was quite a nervous child when I was younger. I've seen in schools how it brings kids together and how it inspires them to make friends. And even recently at a school I went to at the start of this week, there was a child who probably didn't get involved as much with, uh, with the class, and that gardening club's brought them together. Uh, number four is the behaviour of young people. By giving children and young people responsibility for growing food and growing plants, it, uh, it gives a responsibility and, and improves behaviour. And then finally, learning as well. There's so much you can fit into uh, gardening and horticulture, literacy, science, numeracy. Um, and also knowing, like I said at the start, where your food comes from. I was 24 years old and I honestly thought potatoes grew on some little tree in a field somewhere. I had no idea. And I got all the way through 20 to 24 year old, four years old not knowing how plants grew. So I want for my daughter and a whole new generation something different to what I experienced. Just a real quick one, School Garden Success is the ultimate resource for primary school teachers looking to inspire their students to connect with nature, grow their own food and care for wildlife. School Garden Success offers a comprehensive range of resources and tools to support educators in teaching children how to develop and maintain a thriving school garden. With our expertly designed lesson plans tailored to meet the needs of primary school children, you can easily incorporate gardening into your curriculum and bring science and environmental studies to life. Our extensive range of high quality garden equipment and supplies including seeds, compost, planters and more will ensure that your garden is set up for success and will provide your students with the tools they need to take ownership of their learning and build a connection with the natural world. At School Gun Success, we understand the challenges of teaching in today's fast-paced and demanding education system, which is why we've created a one-stop shop for all your gardening needs. From online tutorials and how-to guides to expert advice and support, we're here to help you every step of the way. So whether you're a seasoned gardener or just starting out, visit schoolgardensuccess.co.uk today and discover the benefits of bringing the joy of gardening to your classroom. Now... Back to the podcast. Uh, Lee, um, I'm a former teacher, admittedly in another century, but I am particularly interested in how well schools are doing in encouraging young people to learn about plants and gardening. You have great knowledge of what's going on, so can you tell us? It, you know, it really varies because uh, I'll, I'll give you two examples of, of two different schools that I've, I've visited just this year. Uh, Actually, the start of this week, I visited a school which was an amazing school, and they'd just started a gardening club, and it was run by two teacher assistants, and they had no knowledge of gardening, but they had that passion and that effort to put into it, and they had no direction. I think that's the biggest problem 
problem with a, a good proportion of schools at the moment. There's no direction of where they're going to go with their, their garden and education. And then on the other hand, there's a school in Ashton Keynes, which has a forest school teacher who gardens with a class every single day. And they have an amazing education system around uh, bringing gardening and growing into the school. And they've got a wildlife area, an allotment. Uh, they just learn everything around outdoor learning. And so it really like varies about schools from all over the country. Uh, in Birmingham, I went to a school last year which was just outside of Birmingham and it was like going to a farm park for me. Probably could have took my daughter there. Uh, they had goats, allotments, uh, they were doing so much. And then just five minutes down the road, it was just a tarmac uh, playground and they had no garden experience at all. Do you liaise at all with the RHS? Because I believe they have a scheme for encouraging gardening in schools, but I don't know how wide that reach is. Yeah, RHS have an amazing uh, school campaign. I think they, they cover 50% of schools now um, around the UK. Uh, I think the biggest problem we've got is, is that you need to have the teachers supported a bit more uh, because as much as organisations like myself, School Garden Success, the RHS, uh, and there's many other organisations that, that uh, grow to know, obviously, as well, uh, and many organisations that do this, there's just no funding for the teachers to, and time as well. Funding and time is the biggest thing for teachers because we expect them to teach children how to grow their own food, but we don't give the teachers enough time, firstly, to research this or funding to even do it. Just like the school I talked about at the start of this week I visited, they had no money to actually grow any plants. So they had all this passion and they... Everyone knows the, the positives to growing uh, their own food and, gr and growing plants with kids, but there's just none of that time or money to actually put into it. Cool. Thank you. And Lee, could I just ask you, do you, do you um, tie into the, the agricultural county shows at all? I was president of the Kent show for five years, and we have a, a day in the spring uh, every year when we have 3,000 children from the local schools coming in. Yeah. And... Um, you know, they have the opportunity to do the most basic things. They can pick up a chicken, they can stroke a lamb, and they have everything explained to them. And the, the teachers are enormously enthusiastic, as are the parents who are prepared to fund them to do that. Mm -hmm. If you had that sort of a captive audience, would that be a useful thing, or maybe you're doing that already? No, you're right. I think that is really great, and it, it comes with its positives and its negatives as well, because you're getting all these children and you're getting them all excited. I've been part of something very similar where we've got uh, 10,000 children gardening in one week and we visit the schools and we get them involved and then all of a sudden, once they get back to school, there's not that progression and it doesn't continue. So, um, so that is where it, you know, you, you're getting all these children excited about growing and, and you're not actually doing anything afterwards. No follow-through. There's, no, exactly, yeah, there's no follow-through with it. So... Um, so yeah, it really needs the teachers to be supported a lot more than, than what is going on. Because there's a lot of passion behind these teachers. A lot, of, a lot of them know the positives to it. They just want the support for, for that. Yeah, I was just going to say that at the moment, gardening is predominantly an extracurricular activity. And actually, it competes with the, the curriculum. So any, any time that the teachers do have at the moment um, to deliver any gardening clubs or, or activities it's usually on their own time and if they wanted to put it into the school curriculum then all of a sudden they've got to shift 
um, the, the, the curriculum that they're already delivering. And so I think we've got to look at how we can make it, um, I guess, complementary of the curriculum, so, some way of bringing gardening as part of um, the, the national curriculum, um, whether you, you bring numer numeracy and literacy into that gardening kind of realm and children learn about things through nature or we create space for um, gardening, horticulture within the curriculum itself. Um, I'll give an example of a, of a school that we work with in, in North Kensington. We had the most amazing teacher who was the, you know, really enthusiastic gardener. Um, she ran a gardening club. Um, we, we, built, we partnered with Penguin to do a Peter Rabbit garden and the kids love it. She's now left the school in the last month and all of a sudden the school are like, oh, oh no, what do we do? <clears throat> and I think that's the problem, is that it's a capacity, uh, problem about capacity and resource. Um, and I think it's, it, you know, we've got to act urgently on um, uh, really creating that resource and capacity for teachers to be able to um, deliver that, um, deliver gardening in schools. Um, Lily, you want to come in and then it's, yeah. Yeah, um, I just wanted to add, so um, speaking to our members that are currently working in horticulture, we asked them when, um, where, when, what's their earliest memory of horticulture and who was it that influenced that? Um, and the age that everyone put, the majority age was five years old. So that touches perfectly with what Lee is saying. Um, but then there is this huge gap and this chasm of, t of time in between when you touch point with horticulture and then when you reach a career and there is nothing really in between in that education system that links people and understands where the opportunities are and that it is a viable career um, career choice the, um, that, that they can do. The final question is, um, and we're right, right up against the time, is if you could just ask one thing off the government, uh, what would it be? So Lily. Um, I've got an immediate ask and a longer term ask. My immediate ask is um, the fact that there is so much confusion about how you progress your career um, and where you go for information. I know that it was mentioned on one of the previous panels about the TIAH um, scheme. That doesn't include ornamental horticulture. That only includes um, edible horticulture and agriculture. Why can't it include ornamental horticulture as well? Um, and that would immediately be able to give us the opportunity of being able to show career progression, show what the opportunities are, um, and everything else around it. My second question, I don't think you'll be surprised, my second answer um, is something that I know will take slightly longer, but we definitely need to integrate horticulture into the curriculum um, at, at all the way through. We've got the gap in the middle um, between primary school and opportunities like apprenticeships, T-levels, um, and all of the other degrees that you can do. There needs to be some thought as to how that, that could be done in collaboration with the industry. I think for me, it's all about getting horticultural gardening into the curriculum and into schools. I think that's your kind of, your solid access point for future generations. Um, uh, so yeah, putting it on the national curriculum, but also looking at um, communal space and touching, I think I've said it before, but you know, uh, we lost people at Grenfell because people weren't deemed worthy of access to good quality, healing, beautiful space. And that's the important thing. It's not just space. It's that, you know, it, there's thought behind it. It's considered and it's collaborative. And so I would say um, we need to really look at how we can um, use communal space as those opportunities for beauty, for, for to heal, to unify, to empower, to educate, to learn, to play. I'm really happy that curriculum gets mentioned so much because I don't think there's a person in our industry that 
doesn't agree that horticulture and gardening should not be in the curriculum. And I think if we don't do this, this work at an early age, then we're going to be here in 10 years talking about how we can make gardening and horticulture cool and, uh, and bring in more young people. We'll still be in exactly the same position unless we get that generation come through. And, uh, and we'll also have a, a healthier generation as well, which will help all other aspects of, um, of the public services and everything. So, yeah, getting uh, gardening and horticulture in the curriculum is paramount to the success of this industry. Well, thank you very much. I can't say that uh, the committee is, has got the youth element on its side. <laughs> but thank you so much for um, giving evidence today. Thank you. Thank, thank, you. thank, you, very much. thank you very much. And there... And there, everyone, there you have it. Me, Tajan and Lily, all repping uh, school gardening there at the House of Lords. Honestly, I am beyond happy of how that went. But those are just a few clips from the actual hour-long evidence that we gave. And if you do have time, if you fancy looking at it, then please do head over to Parliament TV and I will of course be sharing loads more from that on my socials over the next few weeks um, I think that went well eh? do you think that went well I'd love to hear from you I'd love to hear your thoughts imagine if this could be the start imagine me talking right now I don't like to be like overconfident about stuff and say yes we could I just don't like to like promise too much but I'd love to be like this is a big change you know what I do with school garden success right and that is an organisation that helps schools. And yes, I would love... I'd love to go on in there and go, Hey, government, do you mind funding this for me? And that would have been perfect. That would have been great, right? They could have funded that. But I really, really want this to go in the curriculum. I need. I, I, it's just my, my everlasting... Think if I can be if school garden success if I can say it school garden success can be the the ones that uh, that are making it happen that can push it forward can be the organisation that actually gets into schools and does it then great that's fantastic and hey maybe we come away and we get more funding for organisations like that or we actually do it we actually get it in the curriculum that would be amazing wouldn't it amazing um honestly uh go check the rest of that out but uh we i'd love i think this could be the start i really feel this could be the start of something here's what happens now so the evidence is all brought together there's other bits of horticulture that the uh the committee have been looking at as well they sit down they write up a report and then in september that is handed to i don't get don't actually quote me on this but that is handed to the government then they come along and make some rules up and some laws which means we could petition uh, could get in uh, curriculum into to the education to be fair it's quite a big ask because we then have to go and speak to the department of education and a news report come out in Hort weekly uh, just the other day that said that we demanded it go in there and apparently the Department of Education said that there's no chance literally a couple of days before. I didn't see that before we went in there. I didn't see him say that. So that would be interesting, won't it? There's a lot of hurdles to jump over before we could actually make this happen, but it is my actual mission 
in life to make it happen. I think I put a tweet up saying it took me 10 years to get into Parliament. Um, the next 10 years are going to be interesting, right? The next 10 years are going to be interesting. Uh, also, let me just say thank you. I, I put a few tweets up about it. I say a few, about 100 tweets. And the amount of people that have got in contact and watched and uh, and said, well done and everything, thank you. I really do appreciate it. It means a lot to me. Um, as someone with a big ego, as you know, on the podcast, and, and, and also just sometimes working on your own or working within a small team as we do it is uh it just it means a lot to me do you know what i mean it means a lot to me from hearing from my peers hearing from you guys and you know my peers and and uh and yeah it does mean a lot so thank you for that as well um but hey this ain't the end of the story which means if you have any comments i would actually really like to hear from you i always love to hear from you don't get me wrong but I would actually really like to hear from you in an email form of some of your thoughts. And I know it takes a little bit of time to sit down and write a little bit of an email. Maybe just write some bullet points. If you're a teacher or maybe a forest school teacher or somebody in the industry, then I really would like to hear from you about how you feel about school gardening. Because this ain't the first time this is going to happen, I don't think. We've got a long road to go and with your thoughts it really does help when i found out a couple of weeks ago that i was going into the house of lords i messaged a few people uh, to get some quotes and to get some uh, thoughts because it's not just all about me it's about the, the whole of the country isn't it uh so uh, i'm representing the whole country everybody do you know what i mean come on um and so it would be really good to get your thoughts beforehand so i could build up a little bit of a report of my own so uh, if you could, lee at skinnyjeangardener.co.uk. That's lee at skinnyjeangardener.co.uk. I'd love to hear your thoughts on it um, because that would really help me in the future with this. Right. Oh, that was good, eh? I really enjoyed that. Right. Next week, everyone, I am heading to RHS Chelsea. Oh, yes. I'm going to the press day on Monday, I'm very, very excited about heading there, catching up with some good friends. And this year, I think last year, I wasn't very nice about Chelsea. Might be the reason they're not invite, weren't going to invite me back. But this year, from what I've seen, there's some amazing gardens. I haven't felt this way about Chelsea for about two years. Now, last one was in September, so. I haven't felt this way about Chelsea for a few years. And uh, there's a lot going on around Children's Garden as well, which is uh, ideal, isn't it? So, yeah, I'll be reporting from Chelsea next week. So watch out for that. That will come out next Friday. I hope you are having a fantastic weekend wherever you are in the sunshine. I'm going to go now, but I appreciate you. appreciate the love. And most of all, I appreciate... Sun, the sunshine really see you next week <laughs>
This is a filmmaker and a gardener. Dachshund.